0: You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Well, we're going to get into part four. I've called this message Spiritual Alignment. Spiritual alignment. And today I do believe that God has a word for you. Uh, Now, when you're preparing for a trip, at least when I prepare for a trip, going to a long distance, maybe traveling out of town for a little while, generally, um, You go and have your car uh, checked, or maybe, of course, if you're a mechanic, you can do it yourself. You you change the oil, you check the tires, you you check the alignment, you may rotate the tires. Why? Uh, Because there's times that you're driving in your car, and I don't know if it's happened to you, but it has happened to me, a few times where I'm driving along the car, I kind of release the steering wheel, and I find the car drifting to the left, you know. Or maybe it's drifting to the right, and I realize, I think my car is out of alignment. And um, got to be careful about that, because if you leave your car out of alignment long enough, it's, it's going to really ruin the car. Uh, but uh, once again, it, it, you, you've got to uh, adjust, make some adjustments in your life. And I was thinking about that, because sometimes spiritually, we've got to make sure that we always are on the right track with God. Because if something goes a little bit off this way, we may find ourselves drifting away from the will of God, whether it's to the left or to the right. So today we're going to talk about spiritual alignment. And in John chapter 5, verses 23, 24, 25, I'm going to read from the message version of the Bible. And uh, I, I find that the scripture here speaks about this topic. Let me, let's read together from the message version. It says, it's urgent that you listen carefully to this. Anyone here who believes what I'm saying right now and aligns himself with the Father, and I underline those words, anyone who aligns himself with the Father, anybody want to align yourself with the Father, amen, who has in fact put me in charge, how many of you want to put Jesus in charge, has at this very moment the real lasting life, And is no longer condemned to be an outsider. This person has taken a giant step from the world of the dead to the world of the living. It is urgent that you get this right. The time has arrived. The time has arrived. Kairos. God's season for you. Heavenly Father, thank you. Because we do believe the time has arrived. This month we've been talking about timing about our kairos season and together we believe that it is indeed a kairos season for each one of us we pray right now that your word would come alive to us and and through us we just pray that your holy spirit would uh, just minister through your word to our hearts we pray your holy spirit's blessing and covering over us as we prepare to receive what you have for us in the name of jesus our lord and savior we pray amen you may be seated this past week, many people got got hit with a little sickness here and there, and coughing, and some people had the flu. My wife was uh, uh, under the weather for a couple days this week, and so was I. So in, instead of our normal good morning kiss or good evening kiss, we we switched it this week to a a good morning fist pump. Good morning, you know. That that was all I got for a couple of days, and and so you know, and and you know can so. Couple days into it, can I have like five fist pumps? Okay, so counting? <laughs> she was at work on Friday and things were, were were we're we're back to normal now. And and I said I can't wait till we have our fist pump tonight. Okay, <laughs> uh, but that was just for this week. Okay, just just but praying for those who've been under the weather. And I know God God has a way of bringing us back to where we need to be. But there's been a lot of individuals under the weather this week. But praise God anyway, right? Okay. We read in John chapter 5 that uh, here in the Message Version of the Bible, uh, the words of Jesus is worded in this, this manner, the challenge that we would align ourselves with the Father. So today we're going to talk about that. And as I often like to do, whenever I take a portion of Scripture, I like to look at the full context of Scripture. And if, I were, if we were to take this portion in verses 23, 24, 25 of John chapter 5, I want to look at the entire chapter and see what is he talking about. And there's an interesting story at the beginning, beginning portion of this chapter, John chapter 5, that I believe helps us understand this principle of aligning ourselves with the Father. I want us to fully understand what the Lord Jesus is saying here, especially for this new season. Once again, the word kairos is that Greek word that means time, but it means God's season for you. It's a it's a season as we're still in the somewhat in the beginning stages of a new year and we're not out of January yet but we've got a lot of the 2019 ahead of us. I want to be believing with you that this is God's season for you. So lesson number 1 that we go back to the ver- verse number 1 of John chapter 5 is this, when you align yourself with the Lord, your eyes will be open. Your eyes will be opened. Now, I want to talk about this. It's going to be your physical eyes we're talking about. But let's read this story in the context of this principle of aligning ourselves to the Father. John chapter 5, verse 1 says this, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five-roofed colonnades. down before me jesus said to him get up take your bed and walk at that at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked amen how many love to hear the healing power work of jesus amen another great miracle so what is happening here i want i want us to understand the context so that we could understand what jesus is teaching i want to learn from this okay so uh, there was a legend back then that in the pools of the waters, pools of Bethesda, that when the water would begin to get going and get stirring, uh, that the first person to jump into the waters would be physically healed. So uh, apparently that was, what was uh, the, the legend that was going on. So this man had been waiting next to the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. Wow. I mean, some of us get a little frustrated when God hasn't answered our prayer in 38 minutes. But 38 years, he was waiting to be healed. And then he kind of comes up. I got to be honest. I uh, Maybe you agree or disagree with this. He Kind of an excuse that, oh, I, I, every time the waters get stirred, someone else beats me into the water. So he sits there in his comfort zone. And... He remains unhealed. But there's some good news in the story. Jesus comes on the scene. I said Jesus comes on the scene. (laughs) Things happen when Jesus comes on the scene, okay? We read here in John chapter 5 that Jesus came on the scene. And, uh, you know, the, the waters didn't need to be stirred. Legends go out the window because Jesus is in the house. And I want us to understand the context of what's happening here because at first this invalid didn't recognize who Jesus was. He didn't recognize who Jesus was. So what happened here is Jesus enters into a conversation with this invalid, and he said, do you want to be healed? And so the invalid, not knowing that this is the Son of God he's talking to, starts saying, well, yeah, but, you know, I've got an excuse. Every time the water is stirred, someone else beats me inside the water, so I haven't been healed. And then Jesus says these words, "Uh, get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once, this man did exactly that. Now, physically, this man was an invalid spiritually he was blind why do i say spiritually he was blind because he didn't recognize who jesus was let me say this he was focused on the miracle when he really should have been focused on the miracle maker See, he was focused on oh how can i jump in the water and get my physical healing he was focused on the miracle when the miracle maker was walking by If he would have only opened up his spiritual eyes. See, when you're in alignment with the Father, then you're spiritualized or open. At first, he was out of alignment. Because his alignment was pursuing a miracle. But Jesus stepped in to kind of change everything around. Put him back on the the straight and narrow, as they say. So that he could now focus on the miracle maker. Once again, he didn't recognize who Jesus was. And I would believe that even his physical disability, being an invalid, was his second greatest need. Because his first greatest need was his heart. And his spiritual eyes were not yet open. You see, he learned a big lesson. In order to receive the blessings of God, you must be in the will of God. And today I want you and I to learn from this because we've got to align ourselves with the will of God. What does God have for you? Are you pursuing the will of God or are you pursuing something else? I'm not saying it's wrong to pursue the miracles of God, but I do believe it's a higher priority to pursue the miracle maker. Because once you pursue the miracle maker, you're going to get the miracles, you're gonna get the miracles, amen. But you've got to align yourself in the right manner. Now, an example of a business who aligns themselves in the right manner, and and I know a a, a couple months ago Pastor Matt mentioned this, and I want to mention this again. is Chick Fil A because uh, God is blessing this business, and they're even closed on Sundays. They're the fastest growing fast food, and yet they are operating on on. Prophets from six days a week where the others are operating on profits based on seven days a week because they are closed on Sundays. Why are they closed on Sundays? Because they are aligning themselves with godly principles, the, the word of God. If we align ourselves with godly principles, then, you know, it's somehow, some way God is going to bless. In fact, I heard a reason, one of the reasons I brought it up, I, I ran across a story that next Sunday happens to be some football game going on. I don't know. <laughs> And, and, and in this big football game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I believe it's going to be in Atlanta. Is that right, Sid? Okay. Uh, and then, then there, you know, they have all these restaurants in the, in the, in the uh, contour. What do you call it? The, uh, there where you buy. Well, anyway, Chick-fil-A is one of the vendors there. And, uh, and in the Super Bowl, the biggest football game of the year, uh, Chick-fil-A is, is not going to be open there at the big stadium. Because it's Sunday. And, and then we say, wow, why would they do that? Because they have aligned themselves with the purposes of God. They've aligned themselves with the purposes of God. Now, I'm not saying it's a sin, okay, to, because to, I need to eat on Sundays. I need to go somewhere on Sundays, okay? But I'll, all I'm saying is, is you know, you, when you, my point is this when you align yourself with the principles of God, God's going to bless you, and God is going to bless you. Now, there have been times that Chick-fil-A is open on Sundays. You know when? They opened up to give away food in Orlando right after the shootings happened in Orlando. They opened up on a Sunday when Hurricane Florence hit, and they gave free food away to those who were displaced. Now, that's the kind of of opening on Sundays that they need to do, and they've done that in the past in case of those kind of emergencies. Aligning yourself with the will of God. Ran across another story. uh, A a lady, her name is Marie Jean-Pierre, age 60. You see, she was working at the Conrad Hotel in Miami, Florida, and what had happened was her boss asked her to work on Sundays. Well, she's a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. And she said, boss, uh, I'd, rather, uh, I'd rather not work on Sundays. The boss insisted. So what she did is she started shuffling the schedules around with uh, some of her co-workers. And her co-workers stepped in so that they would work for her on her Sunday morning shift so that she could go to church. She loved the Lord. She didn't want to compromise on missing church. Well, that happened for a while, but then the boss gets wind of this and, and says that's not fair that you're not working your Sunday morning shifts." Well, the boss and the boss gave her an ultimatum, "If you don't work your Sunday morning shifts, you will be fired." Well, she didn't work her Sunday morning shifts. She didn't want to. She got fired. Turns out <clears throat> this whole case went to court because the boss uh, didn't uh, fired her on the basis of religious discrimination. And the court awarded her $21 million. (laughs) Wow. Now, I'm not saying that if you quit work on Sundays, you're going to get $21 million. But what I am saying is, can we get our priorities in place? Can we get our priorities in place? Can we align ourselves with the principles of worship unto the Lord? In a, in a comment that, that this lady made, she says, I didn't do this for money. I, I did this to right the wrongs. And all I'm saying is God's going to take care of you if you, just, if you just align yourself with the things of God. There's so many ways that you and I can align ourselves. Let me give you another example. Jermaine Wilson uh, is a mayor of Leavenworth, Kansas. Now, I gotta tell you his full story because on the left you see a picture of him in 2007 as a 19-year-old. He was convicted of a felony and he spent three years in prison for possession of drugs. And after serving three years in the Lansing Correctional Facility, he, he, he shared a great story of his transformation. While he was in prison, he surrendered his heart to Jesus Christ, amen? So when he got out of prison, he started sharing the good news of Jesus. He started feeding the homeless, getting involved in these nonprofit organizations. He says uh, the moment you start to build up people, you build up your community. I wanted the individuals to know that you don't have to choose the way of living that I had previously chosen. And uh, his, his spiritual eyes were open. His spiritual eyes were open when he was incarcerated and he aligned himself with the purposes of God. Once he gave his heart to the Lord. And one thing led to another. And once again, he was in prison from 2007 to 2010. In 2017, he ends up being voted in in their city as their mayor. Wow. Now you talk about, does God bless you after you align yourself with the purposes and plans Mm -hmm. and the ways of God? Uh, Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. He says, I want people to see my story And know that there is hope. Amen? By the way, we've got a new ministry headed up by Christine Gutierrez. It's called the Correspondence to the Incarcerated Ministry here at Fortress Church. And if you know of someone who is incarcerated, uh, and if you would like for them to receive materials and words of, uh, of life and just encouragement, uh, scriptures and all. Uh, this is what this ministry is going to do. You can uh, let us know, or let Christine know there at the MRC. You can just fill something out right back over there, and we're going to uh, to put them on the list and bless them when their birthday comes around, when uh, during the holidays. Because we believe that uh, those who are incarcerated, maybe God has their attention. And maybe they can surrender their heart to the Lord, and we're going to be praying and believing that when they get out, then they're going to do great things for God. Just a side note on a great ministry. Number two, what else can we learn from the story in John chapter 5? When you align yourself with the Lord, you will get opposition. You will get opposition. Now, I didn't hear any amens, but that's okay, okay? Because sometimes it's hard to say amen when I say you're going to get opposition, okay? But it's a truth, okay? Can we just speak the truth? So what kind of opposition did Jesus get for healing this invalid who had been there by the pool for 38 years? Let's read the last part of verse 9. It says, now that day was the Sabbath. There it is. That was a problem for many people. So the Jews said to this man who had been healed, it is a Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But the man answered him, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now, the man who had been healed did not know who it was. Remember, at first he didn't know who Jesus was, for Jesus had withdrawn and and there was a crowd in the place. And afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well, sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus. Yeah, when this man encountered Jesus in the temple, now he realized, oh, it was Jesus. He's the one who healed me. Verse 16, and this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Jesus got opposition because it was a Sabbath. Jesus didn't do things in the normal way, he didn't do things according to the, to the laws or the ways of man. Jesus wanted to do things according to the way of the Father. If the Father says, Jesus, it's time to heal, Jesus is going to heal. If the Father says it's time to do a miracle, he's going to do a miracle. It doesn't matter what day of the week. The miracles of Jesus is not, is not restricted to six days a week. Do I hear him into that? The miracles of Jesus, even today, are not restricted to just six days a week. So, He faced some opposition. Likewise, when you and I align ourselves with godly principles, we're going to get some opposition. I know that not everybody agrees with me when I take certain stances. For example, I believe, according to the Word of God, that abortion is a sin. I believe abortion is murder. My heart broke this week when I heard the news that the governor of New York signed a bill to legalize full-term babies to be aborted and killed. The headline said this, New York celebrates legalizing abortion until birth. Now, do these people signing this bill, do they look sad? They're smiling. They're celebrating the abortion, the killing of the babies. And it just, you know, I'm thinking, you know, now, once again... Don't misinterpret what I'm saying here as political because this is a biblical issue. I understand that. There's some issues going on in our nation that are political and only political, and I understand that. This right here is a biblical issue because the Bible addresses this issue. Psalm 139 tells us, for you for me, Lord, my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So the bill that passed in New York this a few days ago was actually talking about the late term abortion. It's when the baby is pretty much ready to come and be birthed. What happens that this was that this approved. Can I describe it for you? When this late term abortion is implemented, the baby is injected with poison directly to his skull or torso. Then he suffers a hideously painful death, which he feels He feels it because his nervous system is already developed. The mother carries around the corpse in her womb for about a day. The next day, an ultrasound is done to see if the baby is dead yet. If the baby is not dead, he is probably writhing and suffering in pain, clinging to life. But if he's still alive, he is injected once again with the poison. Then the following day, the mother delivers a dead baby. When you align yourself with the Lord, you're going to get some opposition because I I, I stand on what the Word of God says. But there's those who stand in opposition to the Word of God and say, oh, it's okay to legalize this stuff. And by the way, I was thinking, about 2,000 years ago, there was a baby born. His name was Jesus. And when Jesus was born... There was a government regulation that was sent throughout the land by Herod. And that government regulation said, we're going to kill all the babies. So what happened? You can read about this in Matthew chapter 2. Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus had to flee to Egypt. Anybody know that story? Why? Because they were fleeing because they were killing all the babies there in Israel. Praise God. Of course, they didn't get to Jesus and Jesus fulfilled his will. But what was happening there? Satan wanted to squash The will of the Father. So what did Satan do? Okay, let's kill the babies. 2019. I have a feeling Satan wants to squash the will of the Father again. Because it very well well could be that there are babies born with promise, maybe the next Billy Graham. (laughs) Maybe the next godly men, godly women in our society that would be raised up To defeat the kingdom of darkness. So Satan says, uh, let's let's start killing these babies. Let's start destroying them. And let's do it legally. According to the law. Just like the law stated about 2,000 years ago. So if you stand for what God's word says about this principle, you're going to get some opposition. I'll tell you that right now. But align yourself with the word of God. So what morals do you align yourself with? Another example, it's not a political issue, it's a moral and biblical issue. Karen Pence, the wife of our vice president, made a decision a few days ago to teach at a Christian school. Uh, This school believes what the Bible says about homosexuality, that homosexuality is a sin, She aligned herself with biblical values. Remember, the question is, where do you align yourself with? Did she get opposition? Yeah, she did. One individual who gave her opposition was a singer named Lady Gaga. (laughs) Lady Gaga said this, And to Mike Pence, who thinks it's acceptable that his wife work at a school that bans LGBTQ, you are wrong. You say you should not discriminate against Christianity. You are the worst representation of what it means to be a Christian. I am a Christian woman. Oh, there's something wrong here. You know, she claims, she says I'm a Christian woman, but yet uh, she wants to go against biblical standards and and disagree with the Word of God, what the Bible says. Uh, once again, uh, yeah, what do we need to do? We need to pray. But where is your spiritual alignment? John Paul Jackson, in his in his book "Unmasking the Jezebel Spirit," one of our Connect groups is is uh, going through this. Says these strongholds keep individuals from accepting what Christ has made them to be and thus keeps them from fulfilling their personal destiny in God. Got to be careful about those strongholds. Yeah. So how do we respond? In fact, this week's Digging Deeper Notes is entitled, Six Responses Jesus Had Had for Opposition. Uh, what, were, what were the six things that Jesus did when he was, when he had to face his opposers? Or, is that right? Those who uh, uh, opposed him. There you go. The haters. There you go. (laughs) The the word opposers, I think I just, I make up words. I don't know. I don't even know if opposers is a word, okay? You know what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, All right. Number three. Number three. When you align yourself with the Lord, you are no longer condemned. When you align yourself with the Lord, you are no longer condemned. Getting back to the passage here in John chapter 5, I'm going to read once again from the message version of the Bible where we began. And I underlined uh, four different uh, phrases in the scripture that are important for us. It says this, it's urgent that you listen carefully to this. Anyone here who believes, and I underlined the word believes, and I've taught you this before. The word believes, when it appears here in the New Testament, is actually the Greek word pisteuro, which literally means to entrust to to entrust to so it goes beyond sometimes we today have the idea that oh i believe there is a god but that's not the biblical word for believe the word the biblical word for believe or believe means i entrust my life to so when the bible says in john three sixteen, for example for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and son that whoever whosoever believes in him means entrust their life to him likewise here in john 5 24 it says anyone here who believes entrusts their lives to me jesus says i am saying right now and aligns himself with the father that's what we've been talking about aligning yourself with the will of the father who has in fact put me in charge and has at this very moment the real lasting life is no longer condemned do i hear an amen to that No longer condemned. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, the Lord doesn't condemn you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Now, through Christ Jesus, there is therefore no more condemnation. Anybody here grateful for the grace of God? Thank you, Jesus, for the grace of God. You are no longer condemned. That was a weak clap. Anybody here grateful for the grace of God? Okay. You probably wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for the grace of God. Amen. Just saying, okay. And it says, this person has taken a giant step from the world of the dead to the world of the living. What do you mean the world of the dead? If you don't have Christ, if you don't have the grace of God, if you're condemned, you're going to be the world of the dead. That's hell. But instead, you've taken a giant step to the world of the living. Anybody looking forward to eternal life with Christ Jesus? Amen. It's urgent. You get this right. The time has arrived. The time has arrived. This is your season. This is a Kairos season for you. This is God's season for you. Do you believe it? We're still early enough in 2019 to get your, your life and your priorities aligned in the right manner. It's still January and we can get things going in, in, in the right manner. Now, in the ESV version of verse 24... It says this, truly, truly, Jesus said, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him, there's a word, believes him, who sent me has eternal life. Anybody in this place has eternal life, amen? He, he does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. The principle is clear. When you put God in charge of your life, you have eternal life. But you've got to get aligned with God. Ran across another story. The Daily Mail reports that worshippers at a mosque in Turkey have been praying in the wrong direction for 37 years. <laughs> now, if you know anything about the Muslim religion, they got to pray towards Mecca. Uh, and what happened was, was number one, uh, they're, they're praying in the wrong direction because uh, the, the building, they, geographically, they're headed in the wrong direction, okay? But more important than that, they're praying to the wrong god they're praying that, that is more important you're praying to the wrong god so not only are they praying to the wrong god but they're praying in the wrong direction what i'm saying is they are totally out lost yeah totally out of out of kilter okay But when you align yourself with the Lord, when you pray to the Lord God Almighty, it doesn't matter whether you're facing north or south or east or west. You are facing a God who hears your prayer and can take care of any situation you find yourself in. That's the God that I serve, and I can pray to Him at any moment and at any time. Any direction, that's right. Last week we had a successful event called the Legacy Life Plan Workshop. And the focus was this if you want to pass on a powerful legacy to the next generation you've got to have a plan what are you doing what are you doing about it to to prepare for the next generation what is your purpose in life what are your core values what is your life verse because what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to be a blessing to the next generation. And the reason I mention this is because there's some people that don't take the time to align their priorities, align their purpose, align their values with the things of God. And those of you who attended this workshop, you can testify, you know what, I, I, it helps me. Now I'm, now I'm aligned with what God wants me to to do and so praise god for that one of the lessons we learned in the legacy life plan workshop is to start with the end in mind so when you start with the end in mind well what is our end yeah we want to we want to leave a legacy we want to be in heaven but we want to take others with us so what we do we got to do we got to kind of kind of work back from there put things in order aligning ourselves with god's plan for our life i close with one more story that i love This gentleman, his name is Derwin Gray. Listen to his story. He says, as growing up on the west side of San Antonio, I believed in God, the God of football. The game was my ticket out of an early life saturated with violence, addiction, abuse, and chaos. I was raised by my grandmother who was a Jehovah's Witness. So that was the only religion I knew. We were not poor, we were poor. We couldn't afford the other O and R. We didn't eat meals together. We didn't pray together. Football was my way out of the hell I was living in. I believed that it would lift me into the heaven of the American dream. Football functioned as my savior. It gave me love. If I played well, I was loved by the fans. It gave me an identity. It gave me significance. I was somebody because I was a great player. During my sophomore year of high school, I transferred to Judson High School where I played for D.W. Rutledge, the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame coach. My senior year, I accepted a scholarship to BYU. I had an outstanding college football career. I had the grill of my dreams. I was making something out of my life. And on August, I mean, April 25th, 1993, I was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts to be strong safety. I made it to the NFL. Then I met the naked preacher, a linebacker for the Colts back in 1993. It was impossible not to notice a linebacker who would take a shower, dry off, wrap a towel around his waist, pick up his Bible, and ask those of us in the locker room, do you know Jesus? I would think, do you know you're half-naked? At this point in my life, I didn't want anything to do with Jesus or a half-naked man talking about Jesus, So I tried to avoid this guy. One day after practice, I was sitting at my locker and I saw the naked preacher whose real name is Steve Grant walking toward me. Rookie D. Gray, do you know Jesus? He asked. I pretended not to hear him and I turned my back. He repeated the question, but this time he was at my locker. Even though I was not a church goer or involved in any religious group, I gave what I thought was a very religious answer. I told him this, I'm a good person. The naked preacher opened up his Bible and shared this verse with me. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Steve explained that according to the Bible, only God is good. He is a standard of goodness and righteousness. Everyone else has sinned and fall short. This disturbed me. Rookie D. Gray, he said, now you are starting to get it. You can't do anything to reach a perfect God, but Jesus has done everything for the perfect God to come down and reach you. As a naked preacher preached, God's love crushed me, and I achieved the American dream. I had achieved the American dream only to realize that it could not empower me to love my wife or forgive my father. My fame and money could not erase my sin, my shame, my guilt, my fear, and my insecurity. Then between 1995 and 1997, I started getting injured on the field. When a professional athlete's body starts to fail, he knows his career is coming to an end. I left with nothing, even though I seemingly had everything. On August 2, 1997, I sensed emptiness and brokenness. I told my wife, I want to be committed to you. I want to be committed to Jesus. And at that moment, I realized that God loved me, not because I could run fast or jump high, or because I was good, or even for what I could give him. I realized that as Jesus hung on the cross, I was forever loved and accepted by God. I realized my sin had been erased by Jesus' blood. It was as if I could see for the first time. His eyes were open. He says, uh, that day I got infected with the virus called grace. The symptoms are now full-blown. Amen. So guess what happened in 2010, almost nine years ago. Der- Derwin Gray started a church in South Carolina called Transformation Church. And today, he pastors 2,500 people. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> Now, I tell you that story because all it took was for Duren Gray to align himself with the will of the Father. Was his life off kilter? Yeah. He wasn't even serving God. He was serving the God of football. My friend, do you realize what God can do in you and through you if you align yourself with the purposes of God? Do you realize what God can do in you and through you? If you align yourself with the Father, as Jesus said, when you align yourself with the Father, Duran Gray understood this, you are no longer condemned. Would you stand with me right now? As we prepare for a time of prayer, perhaps you can join with me. In saying this declaration. Lord God Almighty. Today. I take personal inventory. Of my values. My purpose. My ways. And my life. I purpose to align myself. With your will. And your ways. Even if it means. That I will have to face. Opposition. If you are for me then who can be against me i place my faith in you you are now in charge of my life thank you for forgiving me of my sins i receive your gift of eternal life amen so be it anybody believe that here today thank you lord